0: From the Jesuits of Canada and the United States, this is AMDG. I'm Mike Jordan-Lasky. Last month, Pope Francis officially launched a two-year process of reflection and listening called a Synod of Bishops. Synods bring church leaders together to discuss and act on important topics related to the life of faith, and this edition is about the concept of synodality itself. Synodality is a big, obscure word, so I've been wanting to learn more about just what it means. And my guest today, whose name is Sister Natalie Bicard, is one of the most qualified people in the world who explained it to me. Sister Natalie is a Xavier sister from France and has a background in youth ministry— Earlier this year, Pope Francis named her an Undersecretary of the Synod of Bishops, which is a fancy way of saying she is helping to run the whole process, and in a historic first, she will be the first woman in the history of the Church to have a right to vote in the Synod. This first year of the Synod process will include Church leaders listening to the faithful all over the world and this gathered wisdom will shape the meetings of bishops and other leaders in Rome in 2023. In addition to asking Sister Natalie to help me get a handle on the word synodality, I asked her about her biggest hopes and fears as the process unfolds. She is one of the most energetic and thoughtful leaders in the church today, and it was an utter joy to talk to her about the synod process. You can subscribe to AMDG wherever you get podcasts, and thanks for joining us. Well sister Natalie Bekhar, welcome to AMDG. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me. How are you?
1: Good. Thank you. And thank you for welcoming me. I'm very happy to be connected with uh, Jesuits in the US and your website.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, we're so excited to have you. It's been uh, fun to to watch you uh, in these exciting first days uh, of of the Synod. So what is your job like these days? What are, what are you doing with your time?
1: <laughs> well, I have many things to do. Uh, the first thing is to work, you know, with the Cardinal Greg, the General Secretary of the Synod, and Bishop Louis-Marine de Saint-Martin as the leadership team of this uh, secretariat and of for, uh, to serve the synodal process. So now we are just after uh, two main steps, beginning of September, the publication of the document, preparatory document, and then the handbook, come. So we have been working a lot on that. And then on October 9th and 10th, it was the opening of the Synod in Rome with Pope Francis and with 250 people from all over the world, delegation from the different continents, uh, and uh, followed by meetings with our commissions. So I am also chairing two commissions for the preparation of the Synod, the Commission on Methodology that has been part of the the first main task was to draft the Vademecum. And the Commission on Spirituality, Uh, so we have to organize meetings to follow up. Um, It's also a lot of uh, contacts, dialogue with all the local churches, Uh, so bishop conferences from different parts of the world. I am mainly following all the English-speaking world, French-speaking world, (laughs) uh, so different uh, continents and um, then it's yes it's many working you know with these commissions uh, working with our team we are a staff of uh, 12 people permanent staff at the secretariat but then with the commissioned experts consultors And uh, I also have to do a lot of interviews so today I had to do uh, two other interviews and uh, and also many lectures Uh, for instance yesterday evening I I had a webinar with the seminarist in Malta to speak about the synod and synodality Monday it was with uh, Canada bishops uh, theologians religious also to speak about the synod and synodality or sometime in uh, universities here in Rome Uh, different groups so a lot of lectures presentation about the Synod and synodalities also to write articles and because the task we know it's rather easy the um, uh, the purpose of this secretariat and this mission is to help uh, and to prepare the the Synod so this uh, two years process and also to promote synodality uh in different ways so there are many things to do but it's it's uh, an adventure an interesting new adventure
0: it sounds like you have a lot on your plate um so could we back up and could you tell me i'm sure you're asked this question a lot but what is synodality how do you explain it to someone who's never heard that word before
1: so it's rather easy because, uh, in fact, synod and synodality means walking together, journeying together. So uh, when we speak about a synodal church, and that's the topic of the synod, for a synodal church, communion, participation, mission. So it's a style uh, of the church. It's a way of living the church, and it's a style for the mission of the church To look at the church and to experience the church as a church of the people of God, as a community uh, of uh, pilgrims, missionary pilgrims walking all together. A very easy way to understand synodality is to look at the logo of our synod. Maybe you have seen the the logo. You can see uh, different uh, people, uh, small kids, uh, old people, a bishop, a priest, lay people a couple uh, men and women, religious, uh, walking under the guidance of the Holy Spirit. So it's, uh, it's an easy concept, but it's not so easy as Pope Francis stated to put it into practice because it's, it's a kind of uh, it, that was the style of the early church. But now we are retrieving this constitutive dimension of the church that's part of the nature of the church. It's a way to put into practice uh, the the roots of the church that are uh, the trinity, the mystery of the trinity. So it's a way to be the church together, uh, working together as uh, an image of the trinity. So in communion for the mission with the participation of all. So it's a church of uh, in which all the baptized are called to be missionary disciples and to be protagonists. So it's a vision of a relational church, inclusive church, uh, in which uh, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, a church of listening listening to each other, to listen to the Holy Spirit, a church in which we all learn from one another, whereas our age, our status, our vocation, our position.
0: So I'm interested in the process of how synodality was chosen as a theme for the Synod. If you looked at the the themes of the past few Synods, well, journeying with youth and, and young adults or the Synod on the Amazon. What was the process like to decide that this should be the, the focus of this multi-year, multi-step process?
1: Well, it's it's uh, an interesting question and it, it's rather easy to answer because uh, I was very lucky to be called to be part of the Synod on Youth. I was uh, much involved in the preparation, but I took part to the Synod as an auditor And uh, so the topic was, as you know, youth, faith, and vocational discernment, and discerning together how to reach uh, young people, to evangelize young people. At that stage, it was very obvious and clear that the only way for the church today to transmit the faith to be a church with the young people is to be a synodal church. So, synodality came as a main fruit of the synod on youth, and it was also uh, a very important uh, fruit from the synod on the Amazon, and it became uh, uh, clearer <laughs> that uh, synodality is the call of God for the church today. That means it's the only way for the church to remain faithful to our mission uh, from the beginning. But in this context, in our times, uh, that's the way to be a missionary church to serve uh, the world, to serve the people and the only way to be the church in this uh, context of today is to be a synodal church and it's very strong, Pope Francis stated uh, that synodality is the call of God for the church uh, in the third millennium so we can say it's the discovery as a fruit of Vatican II, uh, and some says it's it's the best fruit of Vatican II, but uh, retrieving the style of the early Church uh, to to continue you know to to be to be the church and uh, in faithfulness to to the nature of the church from the the beginning but uh, so we are we at the end of each synod the process is that at the end of each synod there is a kind of survey all the synodal fathers are asked uh, for the next synod what should be the topic and they can give three answers and then uh, we gather the general secretary gather all the answers, uh, look at them and the council of the Synod uh, make some proposals to the Pope and it is the Pope who decide in Fine what will be the, the topic of the next Synod and who convokes the Synod because the Pope is the president of the Synod of Bishop so that's why uh, Pope Francis decided to have this uh, next Synod on uh, for synodal church communion participation mission because we really understood uh, through this path of discernment uh, during the last two synods that the roadmap for the church we can say the aim is uh, to become a more synodal church and so the process of this synod is truly aimed at the synodal conversion of the church because it requires um, personal conversion and a communal conversion to uh, to have this new style of a synodal church.
0: I imagine you've spoken with Pope Francis during this process, especially since there was just the the kickoff of the process. What has he said to you about his hopes? um, What he is most interested in? What are there any messages you have from him that you you hold in your mind and heart as you go about your work?
1: Yes, in fact, he was uh, with us for the opening of the synod, of the synod, in the synodal on the. October 9, and uh, during his speech, and I encourage all the auditors to uh, read his speech, uh, he emphasized the necessity uh, for Synodal Church to really listen to all the baptized. And uh, his main focus is uh, about listening and involving the diversity uh, of the Church. And then in his homily, on the opening mass of the Synod on October 10, he gave three key words for this process. So that's what I have in mind and I try to, uh, to live that day after day. It's uh, encounter, uh, listen and discern. Uh, that's uh, the, the three uh, the three keywords, and then we had a change on the Monday just after the opening mass of the synod. We had our council of uh, fifteen bishops, cardinals from all over the world, but some couldn't come to Rome. But we had a private uh, audience and a discussion with uh, Pope Francis. So that was a, a very good. Uh, <laughs> time, just after the the opening of the Synod uh, to give him some feedbacks, to listen to him, to dialogue. And I would say uh, and that's my experience also with Pope Francis during uh, the synodal youth. He was there, you know, during one month. It, it's it's a style of um, uh, it, it's a style of the church that is a style of fraternity, of closeness, proximity, dialogue, encounter in a very simple uh, and humble way. And is a kind of role model for uh, a synodal church because he's a synodal leader. And when you meet him, like, uh, uh, during our council you know it, it's very simple very fraternal at the end it was very joyful uh, so we listen to each other and uh, we dialogue
0: you you mentioned your work on the preparatory document essentially uh, a framework or some guidance for local churches around the world who are now beginning this process. Um, so you mentioned the the importance of listening and gathering up this feedback from lay people through these different processes all over the world. Again, that's just beginning now. I know it was happening uh, open, open tier in our, our local church uh, recently. Um, what are what or one or two of the questions you think it's most important for lay people, especially those on the margins, to be asked? What feedback do you most want to hear from people? What are those really important questions you think?
1: You know, the the main question of the preparatory document is um, how we are turning together and which uh, what what could be the next step? And uh, we have put a very strong focus uh, on the importance to listen to those who have no voices, to the poorest, to the peripheries. So um, for me, it's, it's very important to listen to them just to say uh, what is your experience of the church what dream do you have for the church how would you like to, to be listened to, to contribute uh, what do you think uh, the next uh, could be the next step for the for the church so it's uh, truly about listening to the diversity of the people of God but especially the poorest those who usually don't uh, maybe don't speak who are, those who are on the periphery about their experience of the church and their desires, their dreams, uh, their requests, uh, their wishes uh, for the church. But uh, always, you know, for the church, so that we are a a church, Uh, it's not first about uh, just uh, the church ad intra, but it's how to be a church in this world, for the world, for the service of the people.
0: So, to put the emphasis on listening and journeying together, it makes me wonder if we're not always doing such a good job of that. Do you think that that's true? That we just, that there are places, ways that we really need to uh, commit to this and improve?
1: Yes, of course, and you know, the church is very diverse, so there are already some places where there is a true synodal spirit, Uh, and I had this experience in in many places where we have already this style of uh, discerning together, uh, co-ministering, the style of fraternity. You know, synodality is very simple. It begins with a coffee, with a meal, uh, with a style of religion, relationship uh, just to be uh, uh, simple. And um, there are places who are already living this discernment together. And we know it's uh, uh, that in many religious community, not only in Ignatian spirituality, but also in Ignatian spirituality, like Jesuits or the Xavier sister, uh, we are very rooted in the spiritual exercises. So we have already an experience in our community life to. Uh, to listen to each other, to uh, discern together, and we can share that more broadly with, uh, with others, but we can also, through the synodal process, uh, ask ourselves, what could be the next step, Because not everything is perfect <laughs> uh, everywhere. So it, it, it's, it's a side of, uh, you know, to create links, synergies, uh, to find the good ways, for um, for the mission for for the service of the other it's also a style of being a, a church in dialogue you know with others with other religions uh, one of the focus through the synodal consultation uh, we have a unique simple question i told you how are we living already our journey together and what could be the next step but then we give in the preparatory document 10 we can say teams or topics as 10 lenses to look at some aspect of synodality. Uh, so, how do we listen? Uh, how do we dialogue with the others? Uh, how do we, uh, what is our experience of participation and co responsibility? Uh, so, we can look at that uh, during this uh, synodal process.
0: I'm interested in that theme of co-responsibility that you mentioned. I think a synodal church would is different from a clerical church in which a bishop or a pope or father says what it is. And then that's what we do, which sometimes is the model. At least I've experienced that occasionally. Um, And you yourself are an example of this. You are the first woman who will ever have a vote at the bishop of synods as an undersecretary of the synod. Do you remember when the day when you found out that this was happening and what your reaction was uh, at the time and how you feel about it now?
1: Well, uh, you know, for me, the the great surprise was this call to be appointed to uh, as undersecretary to the bishop. And I haven't learned a lot. Uh, through this experience about the way the holy spirit is doing with us because that was a big surprise i never imagined to come to rome to serve at the vatican Uh, i was supposed to begin another ministry but so it has shaken me but also taking time to to reflect on that to uh, integrate you know this this call i was receiving and discerning i also discover that uh, through all my long experience in youth ministry my research uh, on synodality at boston college with uh, where i got a specialization in ecclesiology my experience of the synod on youth you know i have already discerned with my superior a call to promote and serve synodality, and so it's very interesting uh, that the way also the, the Holy Spirit is leading the Church, I think, and, and each of us through surprise, you know, He opens a new uh, paths. But at the same time, it's not—you are never asked to do something, you know, uh, uh, very far from your experience, your history. There is a kind of red line. Uh, uh, and kind of sort of continuity that integrates all my former experience through this new position. So it's uh, it's newness, but also in a kind of, uh, of, of way. Uh, and I think uh, that also for the church today to discern, you know, how to continue uh, to be faithful to what the church is from the beginning, but in a new context uh, in which you have also in history, you, you have to evolve. You know, And the church uh, through the history has evolved yeah, on many things, but always to be more faithful uh, to our nature to proclaim the gospel. And uh, so th- that uh, that was my experience when I was uh, called here and I received the call of Pope Francis as a call of the church that is in fact a call of God.
0: Uh- and for me, again, reading your story, learning a little bit about it, you see, again, an opportunity for a woman that might not have existed before. Uh, we know, though, that sometimes in, in parishes or other places, if a pastor changes, maybe some vision of co-responsibility or collaboration can be very quickly changed. What are some ways you think lay people and women specifically uh, could be empowered to To really have a a voice and to to really be co-responsible in the church.
1: Yes, I think, you know, for me, one of the main issues for Synodal Church is truly teamwork, shared governance, uh, co-responsibility that is also co-ministering. And we know in many places. You know, I have a long experience in campus ministry, for instance, uh, where in France, uh, you know, uh, the, the chaplains are always, uh, and that's a key word in uh, in our network of campus ministry in France. We always speak about co-responsibility, because the only way to reach the students and to propose them, uh, you know, something is with young uh, students as co-leaders, and we have a. Kind kind of leadership team or ministry team with young students, men and women, priests, uh, w- religious, and I have experienced the fruitfulness of, uh, of that model. I have also been very shaped uh, by my experience with, um, we call that uh, the Magis Network in France, where we have a very strong collaboration between the Jesuits, the Ignatian sisters like my older, and lay people uh, who are Ignatian. And we have a common uh, youth Ignatian network. And, uh, and I was, uh, from the beginning, when I entered the community, I was associate and called to, to lead pilgrimage, retreats and different things, always with a team. With some Jesuits, Ignatian sister, and lay people, and according to the, the availability of the people or the charisms, you know, the the coordinator could be the lay, the sister, or the Jesuits. But we, I have really experienced this church of collaboration, partnership. Uh, and, and and how fruitful it is uh, to for the service you know of, uh, of of the youth, but not only of the youth. And now I am up to go tomorrow to France to Marseille, where we have a big gathering for the Ignatian family that has been uh, prepared by a, a core team uh, and many people, Jesuits, Ignatian sisters and lay people from CLC, uh, Eucharist youth movement and uh, so I have been truly, uh, I have learned a lot from this uh, very interesting uh, experience of a church. Uh, you know, with that uh, face. And uh, now I think it's it's not only within a uh, uh, spiritual family, like the Ignatian family, that we are called uh, all together in the church to have that kind of model in many places.
0: And that is a, a beautiful example of synodality in action, the way you describe that um that group that comes together. But I I know I've heard stories from people that that, that's not always the case where maybe a pastor of a parish changes and then things are done very differently without much discernment in common. Um, Do you think, is the synodality need to be part of seminarian formation in a new way? I'm just curious about how you think that fits into how we are forming uh, our clergy.
1: Yes, of course. You know, that's very important because, uh, as I mentioned, for me, a key uh, issue for uh, pastoral work today, not only for pastors, but uh, for priests, pastors, but also for other, you know, lay ecclesial ministers or religious, is truly to be trained. To, uh, to this style of uh, co-responsibility and collaboration. That means you need to learn teamwork. It's not uh, natural <laughs> because you have to work with different people, different style, uh, different profile. So you, you, you have to learn that and to be trained for that. And so I think that's, uh, and, and that's a new emphasis of the new ratio That is the guideline for the formation uh, for um, priesthood uh, that has been promulgated uh, three or four years ago. Uh, To truly emphasize that, uh, you know, seminarians and to become priests, you need. To, to to be a, a man of community <laughs> that means who, who is uh, able to, 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 uh, to have this communal uh, spirit we can say but uh, we have to continue this training and also you can't have synodality without uh, training for discernment and so uh, that was also a fruit of the synod on the family that's the way and the style of pastoral work today is the style of accompaniment, to walk with people like Jesus on the road of Emmaus, and not just you know, in a top-down way, of, uh, uh, just uh, in a teaching way, <laughs> even if, of course, you can uh, teach and share things. But the style of Jesus as Emmaus is uh, you know, truly a paradigm for synodality first you, you walk with people you listen to them then he explains the scriptures and uh, then they gather to have a meal and it, it's an it was an experience of the of the Eucharist so yes it's, it's a key issue for formation today especially for seminarians and priests but not only for religious for um, lay people also and lay ecclesial ministers
0: Are you uh, seeing some of the uh, the Vatican officials you're working with learning as you're working with them? Um, I'm just curious if I know sometimes in the the Vatican, I can imagine it's maybe not that style, but you're bringing that energy and that perspective. Are are you seeing things change even within the, the Vatican leadership?
1: Yes, I think, you know, that things are changing. It's a mutual learning because, you know, I also, for me, it was a big, big change to arrive here. Fortunately, I knew a little bit the Vatican because during my 10 years, Uh, of service at the French Bishop Conference I had to come regularly to Rome to work with to to work with some dicasteries so I knew a little bit but now uh, coming to Rome and working on a daily basis inside the Vatican you know it's like going in another country it's a path of uh, inculturation. you have to learn the language the way of working and uh, so it's a mutual learning I come here with my experience with uh, uh, my education and <laughs> you know, but uh, so I try to, to, to bring also uh, you know some insights, some uh, experience. But I also learn from the other because synodality is truly to work together, to walk together, and to work together. <laughs> so it, sometimes I um, to summarize what is synodality to put it in a nutshell, in a very simple way, I say it is passing from the I to the we. <laughs> that means uh, synodality is about, uh, it's, it's a sp- spirituality of the ecclesial we. It's first to look at the community to be together uh, also as individuals but you have to find the way you know you are not allowed to have your insights and your experience and so it, it, it's it's uh, so it's really a mutual learning and yes I can say I have seen uh, things changing little by little you need a lot of passions but uh, I have also received a very a good welcome and uh, I have many good collaborations but it's truly a learning process and i am more and more aware you know after now 8 months that uh, the synodal path f- uh, for for the church but also for us at the secretariat and for me is truly a learning process
0: i have just one more question before i'll let you get back to the rest that you have on your 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 schedule it's a two part question Um, what is maybe one thing that keeps you up at night, a worry you have as you're thinking about the Synod and you see it start? And then what do you think will be a sign or two that the Synod process was successful? So something maybe not for years to see, but what's one thing that makes you worried and one thing that gives you hope or you're looking forward to?
1: Well, I would begin by the first, uh, the second. (laughs) What gives me hope when, and more than hope, what gives me a lot of confidence you know, is that I truly feel, and, and uh, during the opening of the Synod uh, on October 9 and 10th, especially during the Mass, you know, I had a strong um, spiritual experience and, and feeling that truly the Holy Spirit is blowing is there, and it is the Holy Spirit that was uh, on the water from the beginning of the creation, Uh, the Holy Spirit that uh, was at the Pentecost, at the creation of the church, the the Holy Spirit that was also the one who led uh, the Council Vatican II is there, and he will continue (laughs) to, to, to blow. So I am very, very confident because it's not my work, it's not our work, we try to do our best, But in fact, it is Christ who is leading this uh, synodal process and the Holy Spirit is there and I am very impressed and touch but what i can contemplate in so many dioceses around the world after this launching you know it's incredible so much creativity opening ceremonies in many many countries especially also in the us there are already so many dioceses on board and and, and people who want to be part of this uh, of this process so it gives me you know a lot of peace and a kind of uh, confidence because uh, i am rooted in this uh, in this faith that Christ is uh, is there and is leading the church that is the body of Christ, and uh, then. It's a complex process. It's about also a change, so it's it's normal. And I have learned that when you have a change, you have also some fears uh, because it's about it's an open path and it's it's the unknown. So we are like the disciples called to uh, uh, to cross the the lake to go on the other side on the boat. And sometimes you have currents and counter currents, uh, storms. And, uh, it, it could happen, but, uh, you know, I, I am, I, at the end, I am very, <laughs> rather, yes, peaceful and and, and confident. Uh, But it's, uh, I I also experience for myself that it's it's truly a a path of conversion. And since a few months, I I feel also, and I understand more and more how synodality is a dynamic vision for the church and calls for a church on the move, but also for us. So it's what is not always comfortable is that you you need to be open to be transformed. So to have this, uh, you know, this spiritual attitude that uh, Saint Ignatius call uh, ask at the beginning of the spiritual exercises to have an open and generous heart, you know, to be open to to what uh, will happen if you really want uh, to listen to the Holy Spirit and to be uh, guided by the Holy Spirit. So I will finish with that. I am very aware that this kind of mission also ask for, um, you know, uh, y- you need to be truly rooted in prayer and uh, to-, to have the spiritual means uh, to-, to stay on the road.
0: <laughs> well, Sister Natalie, thank you so much for sharing uh, your joy and excitement and insight into the, the Synod process and um, blessings and my prayers for you as you continue uh, this important work.
1: Thank you so much and thank you also for all uh, your interest for this uh, synodal process, because I think the, uh, the Jesuits are already on board here in Rome, in many commissions and in different parts of the world, but they have also a lot to uh, to embrace and to give for this uh, synodal process. So I am truly grateful uh, you could, uh, you know, provide your audience about uh, information and uh, testimony about the synod, thank you.
0: AMDG is a production of the Jesuit Conference of Canada and the United States. And when we're not working from home, the show is recorded at our headquarters in Washington, D.C. AMDG is edited by Marcus Bleach, and our theme music is by Kevin Lasky. The Jesuit Conference communications team is Marcus Bleach, Eric Clayton, Megan Leapsch, Becky Sindelar, and me. Connect with the Jesuits online at jesuits.org on Twitter at Jesuit News, Instagram at we Are the Jesuits, and Facebook.com slash Jesuits. Sign up for weekly email reflections by visiting Jesuits.org weekly. If you or someone you know might be called to discern a vocation to the Jesuits, connect with the Jesuit vocation promoter at BeAJesuit.org. Drop us an email with questions or comments at Media at Jesuits.org. You can subscribe to the show on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And as St. Ignatius of Loyola may or may not have said, go and set the world on fire.